Welcome, very special episode of MLR Kickoff. Uh, I was going to say welcome to the point taking, welcome to Pato and the Panther, but it's not, it's MLR Kickoff. James Patterson, not only joining us for the show, but joining me in person in the uh, in the studios. You know, I've got the studio in the basement of my estate here. Uh, what is that, under the West Wing or East Wing? Where are we? This is the West Wing. It's really difficult to find because I had to walk past about 30 motivational quotes all over the wall here, just brick by brick, step by step. Yeah, yeah. That's how we build it. That's how we build the empire. Rome wasn't built in a day. Major League Rugby wasn't built in a day, but we're going to get there. Well, Pato, great having you here, mate. What do you think of the games on the weekend? A couple of uh, really interesting results as we start that build, that crescendo towards the playoffs. I think what's important watching some of the games in the weekend is like you talk about teams being able to separate themselves in those key moments in games. And we've talked about New England for so long about, you know, are they the real deal this year? Can they close out? And that game against New York, that was that was a special finish. And for them to be able to come through and it's on the back of obviously behind their playmaker Waka, but it's it's been fun to watch some of these teams. What what do you think of the Waka Boyle combination 10-15? Having two tens on the field at the same time. I liked it. And if you watch that game, their ability to be able to change direction, you, you saw that actually through some of the games in the weekend, and San Diego was really good with it with Huli as well, is when you've got that playmaker or that extra vision to be able to size up the field against the defense, especially when the defenses are trying to play so aggressive, mm-hmm. it's opening up a lot of space on the outside, and you're seeing a lot of cutback tries. Yeah. Now, we didn't see uh, Weiss-Naholo. Administrative issues. Uh, we'll throw that in inverted commas. Administrative issues kept him up the field this weekend. Would he have made a difference on Sunday? You know what? I, I, yeah, he would have made a difference. I mean, you can't – that guy cannot not make a difference in a game. Yeah. What's the administrative issues? Do they think – did he leave his boots at home? Administrative issues usually something to do – remember when you were a kid and, and you weren't registered or your cousin from Tonga was in town – and they didn't have a birth certificate and just swung it anyway. <laughs> I think it might have been something like that. But good performances. Uh, who who was your A grade? Who made A grade on the weekend for you in Major League Rugby? Talking about teams or players? Teams. Teams. We'll go teams first, then players. Obviously, Free Jacks. ATL, I think they, mm. were, they were clinical. And they just continue to impress. And on the back of a really solid performance by their full pack it's they it's they're executing the way that we saw them do last year in terms of being able to get pressure on put downfield and then really use their their driving mall as a huge weapon they were they were great surprised by houston yeah i think the arrows just didn't show up at all but houston you know they're still there we're not we haven't written them off fourth place in the west i think they're a point behind seattle so they are uh rapping at the door so to speak uh who who's the reggies who goes back to reserve grade for you this weekend on the team front oh, in the weekend you know i was you have to look at san diego and the opportunity that they had to be able to come through but just ill discipline we're talking about Late in the season, three yellow cards in one game. I know two were at the end and kind of inconsequential when you talk about Nonu and Bowman getting carded, but mm-hmm. key uh, discipline issues at key points in that game really cost them. So I think they went backwards. And then, you know, I mean, we've kind of got the reserve grade now establishing where you have NOLA. They've, they've slipped back. Utah, you know, still having some issues trying to find things. I think, you know, Seattle did enough. They weren't that impressive, but I think Utah was less impressive. 
Yeah, and obviously Seattle running into some card issues too for Ricard Hatting there. So, again, Utah losing at home. Yeah, uh, It's the second time that Seattle got them there last year as well in the corresponding game. So the Seawolves getting it done. They're in the top three in the West. They had a little run there in the middle of the season where they just didn't look good. No. Injuries and form, and but they seem to be coming back into form, at least winning at the right time of the year. And if you look at that conference, really there's three teams, you know, vying for those spots. You've got Seattle, Houston, and San Diego. Yeah. Vying for that third spot. And if you look, yeah, I don't think there's any debate. Although, who knows? Yeah, the Giltinis, they've proven themselves well. But what happens now? So, what, IE's gone for three games? Yeah. So, he's three games. So, what, Burton slots into 10? Has to. Yeah, you'd think so. They're coming off a bye week. Yeah. Um, I, people who follow a lot of the players, they, instead of recruiting, I think they, maybe they went to Coachella to do some recruiting. It looks <laughs> like the whole squad was, was at Coachella having a great time. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe uh, Calvin Harris, the DJ, he might be playing be, 10 huh? on the ones and twos, now playing 10, <laughs> distributing the ball there. But, yeah, LA and Austin. Again, they were clinical weekend just – did everything they need to do. They, they continue to get it done. Um, really, is it free jacks, Austin, for you? Is that your final right now? If you had to, if you had to put a hundred on it, I'd go Atlanta. You think Atlanta's got I th- them? I think Atlanta. For me, I think that they're just they're just too disciplined yeah. as well and clinical. And I think their set piece is good. I, you know, who knows? At the end of the day, if you're looking at the free jacks and how they've been playing, the urges. Can they keep it up? You look at you look at defensively their players. So they've got what is it in the leading three players? So what? McDowell Johnson is going to be in there, right? Oh, yeah. free jacks. Yeah, free jacks. So Sorry. you got McDowell Johnson and Larson. They're yep. three top three tacklers in the league yeah. in terms of well, top three out of the five. So you've got guys putting in big shifts defensively. Can they manage that amount of attrition with how much? solid defensive work they do. Well, look, who just come back. The, the top tackler from last year, Vian Conrad. Yeah. So defensively, is there a stronger team in the league? I don't think so. So yeah. maybe I've actually talked myself out of that. Yeah. yeah, I think that was easy. In, they're back in the slot. <laughs> <laughs> Easiest hundred I've ever made. <laughs> All right, let's go A-grade players now. Who was who was your star of the weekend? Oh, gosh. It definitely wasn't old Harry Lovashkanya getting his second red card. So, yeah. Uh, discipline's been a bit of an issue. Do you think target? I think there is. He comes in with a profile and, you know, from the TV show and that stuff. Do you think there's like that unconscious bias against a guy like that? I wonder what gets said off the ball on the field then. I mean, being an outside back is already hard enough. You're yeah. an easy target, especially yeah. when you look like we do, yeah? So <laughs> You and Harry, I'll, I'll throw myself in there. Sure, why not? Thanks a lot. But yeah, I mean, he's. there's been some I, – I saw some chatter on there talking about, like, they, they think that he's going to be a player that will step on and probably, you know, transition from the league and play at the next level. I mean, he's a physical player. Yeah. He's a good player in the game. But, again, this is the second time, a tip tackle. Those types of things is – we can't say it's youth and inexperience. He's got plenty of inexperience. But mm-hmm. I, perhaps that's one of those things that's balled over by a few extra nudges down at the bottom of the ruck and a few comments about his hairstyle or maybe yeah. his Instagram profile. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm, uh, oh, I, I didn't give my A grade oh, team. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, go ahead. It's kind of that's on me. That's on me. I didn't do my reserve grade either because I just try to avoid. Comp- um, yeah, I'm, I'm hard pressed to go against the Free Jacks. Two wins on the road in New York. Sorry, 
in New Jersey. Uh, we don't want to get any flack back from the free rangers. Uh, the Jacks rangers, sorry, not the free rangers. Who are the free rangers? <laughs> Just making stuff up now uh, on the fact that they do play in Hoboken, New Jersey. But two wins, hostile environment. It actually sounded like a free Jacks home game at times yeah. uh, when the actual broadcast worked and sounded like it was a free game. Free Jacks game with the, with the crowd there travelled down 95 to watch them. Uh, Reggie's, Reggie's, it's just, oh, you know what? I, we should give a shout-out to Old Glory too. Two in a row. Yeah. Two in a row, and they look good Honestly, against Dave. Huh? Yeah, running hot. Playoffs, maybe not. But, uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go Nola for my reserve grade. I think that's a, a, a talented team down there. I just, you know, the off-season probably wasn't ideal, and I think it's reflecting now and, in, in their performances on the field. So a tough year for Nola, but good people down there. I'm sure they're going to bounce back next year. A great player. I'm going to go a little different. Played out of position. J.P. Smith from Seattle. Thought he was outstanding. Not a big fan of moving nines to tens. We saw New York do it with Andy Ellis, and just obviously the caliber of both those guys is so high they can do it. But not a fan of weakening one position to, to patch up another one. Just make do it ten. And game plan, but uh, JP handled it beautifully in Seattle. Went on the road, looking good. Another player that impressed was O'Connor. Yeah, and the loose forward. He's been doing very well. You talk about like plugging a hole for New York, and and it's been you know, losing Homishes. Obviously, he's been a standout. Well, what's his name again? Homishes. Yeah. No, did, did, right? did I get it right? Yeah. Okay. It's like you're coughing something. <laughs> <laughs> But he's he has been massive this yeah. season. And like if you look at that and you say like losing a player like that, but then you take a player like O'Connor with so much experience and the ability there for New York, he showed up Trumps on the weekend as well. He was really, really good and he was influential in a lot of players. Him and Emery as well. Emery in the midfield, I really, really like him as a player for New York. So yeah. those are two players. I know we talk about them for a losing side, but there's they're that close. And if you look at their run home, I think they're gonna be a team that really pushes. You think the three's locked up in the East? You think it, it's going to be Atlanta, New England, and New York? Toronto, can they can they get there? They can. I think they're a game behind, from what I see. Yeah. In yeah, terms of they're right. a game behind New York. So if you look at if you look at who Toronto has to play, so Toronto has to play New York, and then they play DC. That oh, they play the Jackals, New England, ATL, and then DC. So you know, okay, New York though. They've got Nola. You think they'd pick that game up? The mm-hmm. big game against the Arrows. They have to win that yep, one. Yep. They have to play that one. You got Seattle, ATL, DC, and New England. So we've, we've had this conversation. Can you imagine last round? New England, New York, Toronto are two points ahead. New England beat New York. They're out of the playoffs. Yeah. Like, but New England have number one seed locked up. They've got nothing to gain. Yeah. What do you do? Do, you, do you, Does the hate, remember the Star Wars, you don't let the hate fuel you and all that? So, yes. Oh, or do cooler heads prevail and you rest everyone and let New York get in the playoffs instead of Toronto? Yeah. I don't know. What, what do you do? Because then you lose you lose that momentum that you're talking about. You, anyway. you get the week off because you're the number one seed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, did, you, did you want that though? Like, okay, let's, let's look at this. If you look at... Content, how much does that play into things? And does the length of the season mean that you really need that week off? Like in the past, have you ever been involved in a team pushing towards playoffs? Like what happens at the end when you take that week off before you go into a stiff competition? Wind out of sales. Yeah. Does yep. the wind come out of your sails? Yeah. I, yeah. I think you want to play. Play to win the game. Home yeah. Edwards. 
Planet Vega, brick yeah. by brick. Hey, <laughs> I've invited him into my inner sanctum here, and he's making fun of some of my stuff I have around in my uh, my office. So not not cool. Not cool. Uh, give us your best motivational office quote. What's what's what was the one that you you'd hear and you'd be like, yes, and get you all fired up. Honestly, there isn't very many because most of the talk towards me in the office was pretty derogatory. It was more like yeah. my dad. When I speak about the office, it's me and dad, yeah? So he's yeah. like, you know, never going to give you any, never going to give you any positive. Even in the playing days? Uh, no, in the playing days, it was especially bad. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, scored a hat trick. Didn't matter. Did you see Did you see how many cold rucks you hit in that game? Oh. Dad, I'm a winger. I'm not a loose forward. No, I saw you rest on like seven or eight rucks during that game. So MLR kickoff has turned into family therapy for the Pattersons. <laughs> so we're just taking a little turn here, dark turn. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have asked. I was hoping you'd be like, say something like, you know, play like a champion or something like that. <laughs> but all right. All right, let's, let's shift over to the West Coast now with the run home. Um, this is genuinely four going into three as well. Yeah. So what? You've got Seattle, Houston, San Diego. Well, it's actually five going into yeah. three. My apologies. Yeah. So I, I think out of the three teams, so Seattle, pretty decent run home, although Houston as well. San Diego, do they have enough to get in there? Because if you look at San Diego, they've got the Jackals. They've got NOLA. You know, they play Houston. I think those three are winnable games for them. Yep. Then you've got to play Atlanta and AG, the last game, it's one of these things, you know, can you trip up that last yeah. game against the... Is AG locked up? Yeah, is they yeah. locked up? You just talked about that. So, you know, Houston, the fact that they're still in this now, they kind of look like they were, like, drifting off, but they've come back in. And yeah. they're just doing enough, I think. Physically, they're doing well. They're, they're banged up too. Yeah. So I just wonder if they can get healthy. Can they go on a tear? And it could be come down to which of those three are the healthiest. Yeah. More so than... You know, who, who's potentially the best 23? Who's the healthiest 23 they can put in the field? Who does Seattle play again? They've got Austin. Yeah, Austin, the Jackals, New York. That's yep. a tough one for That's them. That's a tough back-to-back yeah. run. Houston yeah. and the Gilpinis. So, Ooh. you know, if you have to look at that, you know, Houston, San Diego, they play D.C., Seattle, Austin. I don't know. I mean, you, you'd think it was San Diego, yeah, because – I think that there's 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 guys like Ben Mitchell playing really well, stepping up. Mm-hmm. You've got you know the presence of Huli. They they did get a bit banged up in the weekend. I think Basan went off with a lower body injury, and he's like one of their go forward men on the outside. He's electric. So yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't take many. Like if you start dropping, if you drop two of those games, yeah, and that's the thing. Houston and you know what are they blind a couple in a row now? Yeah, so form. No. Success breed success. Put that one up on the wall as well. Success breed success. There you go. Uh, for all the all the young ones out there who need that stuff on the on the wall, like I do. All right. Uh, hey, um, our our brilliant director slash producer slash everything, uh, Mister Ginty. Uh, just throw the throw the rundown on the side for us real quick, so we can look at the games coming up this weekend that we can dive into. Uh, before we go over to that one, though. Where would you like to see the final play this year, if you could choose? Are we talking like out of the venues? Yes, out current of the venues. Current venues. And you have to be in the game? No, you can pick your own venue. So neutral venue for a final. Yeah, potentially. 
Yeah, I, you know, it's a tough question. Tough question. I think, like, I would put a final in Utah. Yeah? Yeah. I'd put a final in Utah. Or, or maybe Toronto. It's probably the, probably the prettiest. I, I, I got a soft spot for Toronto yeah. after what happened last year yeah. with them being in Atlanta for the whole year. So I would say just put it in Toronto. And I think they would sell it out too. I think they do a really good job there at York Stadium. It's yeah. a good venue. I, I like your idea of Utah though. Is there a prettier backdrop for a rugby stadium in MLR? Probably not. I mean, and I think the atmosphere that's built there in that stadium's good. Yeah, it's not too big, but it's yeah. it's big enough that it's intimate and it, it has a good feel to it. You know, yeah. Dallas's field as yeah. well. I mean, that's that looks great. Do you have does it have to be on grass? Yeah, it's central. Yeah. It's grass, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's grass, what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you prefer a final on grass over turf? As a player. Or as a spectator? It doesn't matter as a spectator, does it? No, you don't care. You actually probably prefer it on turf because you know you're going to get a consistent kind of thing, but especially if it's bad weather or something like that. uh, As a player, grass, always grass. Having played on both, and you know this too, if if you see a grass field, you're like, oh, my God, thank God, when you've had a stretch on turf because your body, your knees and your elbows need a break. The skin needs to heal at some point. All right, we've got some games coming up. Let's jump into this weekend, Pato. Kicks off Saturday, 3 p.m. Well, this is the the championship replay. It's L.A., but on the road at Atlanta, down at uh, Silverback Park there in Atlanta. This is a huge one. Atlanta come off that great road trip to San Diego. L.A. coming off a bye. Yeah and probably three of the biggest days at Coachella I've ever seen on Instagram from some of them. Who do you have here? You know, I'm going to go ATL as well because you remember last year and think about the pivotal point in the season it was, what what gave ATL the most confidence last year? Beating LA. Yeah, yeah. and beating them at home. Yeah. And that was a great game. It was a game they were coming in firing on all cylinders, the Gil Penguins, and they were able just to basically play that style of rugby that ATL does. Just take all the wind out of your attack pin you down in the corner, force you to come out deep. And I think they've got some good additions this year. Actually, if I'm Skullquirk's been very good at 10, I didn't anticipate yeah. him being as good as he is. But, you know, I think this is a big game for ATL. And who knows? Like, when's Ghetto come back? I don't know. Is he? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, injuries are different when you're getting up into the 40s. You just don't heal like a, a, a young person in their 20s. So I'm not sure. But I think ATL is well here. And unless there's some you know, Gitto at 10 or, or something that LA do. Yeah, it's a tough road trip. So, and uh, ATL, that would definitely keep them. They've got to stay in touch with New England on the East to get that one seed locked up. All right, moving on, hour and a half later, 4.30, it's Utah on the road at New England. Is this a danger game for the Free Jacks? I mean, I think so. I think every game now coming off of kind of the form streak that they're on, this is one of the tough things to do is like when you're in a situation like this and you're so hot and you see one eye on the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, is how you motivate yourself week in, week out. Now, the fortunate thing for them, five of their six games are at home to finish. Five of six. Nice. Isn't that nice? I mean, can you pick a better way to finish a season? How, how soon, how close are they to locking up a guaranteed playoff spot? Like not the number one seed, like a guaranteed playoff spot. I don't know. I not think, to put you on the spot here. Yeah, you're just you're going to put going me on the spot. Into the archives. Let's go in here. Let's get in deep here. Uh, we don't so, have a stats boy today as well. The whole thing's just falling apart today. It's fantastic. But they've got to be getting close. I think two more in their end. Uh, they'd have to be close. 42, two so more. 12, 12 points. Yeah. Toronto's 12 points back. Yeah, I mean, 
One, two, three, four, five. So a maximum of 25 points, 12 back. So it'd have two, yeah. two more. I think two more. Yeah, it's close. 10, 10 points in Toronto uh, uh, in terms of getting up there with them. Well, that's interesting. It's good. It's got to be good for ticket sales too once you know you're in the playoffs, and you, especially if you're going to yeah. have a home game. Woo, sell that thing out. All right, uh, I'll go New England as well there in that one against Utah. San Diego at Dallas. Uh San Diego, you said, some more injuries. The Legion have been banged up this year. It's been a tough year on the injury front for San Diego. Uh, if anyone's had it worse, it's probably Dallas. Yeah, I think they're the first team to statistically be eliminated. Officially, officially eliminated, eliminated yeah. from playoff contention. 2023 Dallas Jackals fans start yeah. preparing. I think San Diego's got too much firepower in this one. Yeah, I agree. No no, no uh, issues coming out of that game on the cards, right, for Bowman or Nani? Not, there was nothing there that you I don't, yeah. get I mean, referred? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, the way Aaron Castro wields punishment in this league, you never know. I mean, you sneeze and you get in three weeks. Castro, just kidding, Aaron. We love you. Uh, you're the best. See you next week. Don't get angry at me. All right, uh, moving on to Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern. It's NOLA at New York. New York, uh if, if there's a team in this list that is desperate for a win, it's this one. And Nola, you remember the, the this is the game last year, I think, where Nola had to go up there and win by 40 and they got smoked. So yeah. a little bit of vengeance maybe on their minds. But uh, hard to see a situation here where New York loses game. No, I think they've got to, and if you see Nola play as well, oh, that would be a good one. Look I, out, administrative issues. Yeah. <laughs> and you got so that uh, as outside backs. I mean, they're last week was interesting. They just, you know, I think they turned over that they had that card to Alice at that stage. And then, you know, that was that quick tap advantage. And that Walker puts that little chip and chase over with yeah. the advantage and is able to score. They just, you know, I think they felt like they're in with a chance. I think there was maybe a little bit of controversy at the last game with how the play ended. They they marched all the way downfield and and it looked like they were actually in a position because they turned the ball over. So so New England was trying to close out the game. Uh, New York turns the ball over. They get all the way down towards the goal line and the ball kind of spits out the side of the ruck. And after the game, you heard Savetta went up to the ref and said, look, well, can you not review that with a TMO? Because that was foul play. Because he's saying, I think it was Larson had gotten the ball in there and I think it came off his shin or something and spit out the side of the ruck. So in that situation, you know, where, where does the, the law, was he raking the ball back? Because if he's raking the ball back, that's, that's legal and that's fine, but you, you can't kick the ball through a ruck. Yeah. So the ref was in a good position. He made a call, but that was the controversy that ended that game. And that was really in a position where New York, they were within meters of the goal line yeah. and they could have put that game away. So it's, it's almost become like difficult to trust the TMO this year. Though. Like even, and this is not a knock on the people who are acting as the TMO. It's just the resources aren't there to give them the evidence they need to make a call, whether it be correct or not. So yeah. you're always going to have these situations with, uh, you know, the, the public detectives who can go back and yeah. look at the film and kind of do this stuff. But in the moment, yeah, it's a tough, tough call. I agree. Like Savetta, like it is now kicking the ball out of a ruck is considered a foul. Yeah. Like it's a penalty. So um, it's interesting. Uh, and, and in the complex of the season, does it come back and haunt New York? Maybe. Then it becomes a, you know, a bigger issue. But, um, yeah, they should have put that game away. They had opportunities up to that point. They just kept turning the ball over and not – not showing enough patience at the back end of the game where they had the lead 
to play territory and defend well. And probably didn't execute the kicking game as well as New England. New England, I mean, one of their tries came off a great up and under, and I think it was was a ball that came up and regathered it, and the ball spits out, and I think Bellicana danced in the corner. But, I, you know, you look at the, the, the teams that are kind of distancing themselves with the teams that are executing with the kicking game. Like, we don't talk about it enough. I think in that game, there was actually, there was even a 50-22 by Jesse Parity that put him in a really good position yeah. at the beginning of the game. So, yeah. You know, what is a loose forward doing? Is he any business doing that? Must be the initials. JP. JP. It is fascinating. I, I think it'll be one of the next big jumps in standards in Major League Rugby is kicking because we've seen it like now in, in like high-end rugby, like cancels it outright. Yeah. We've got really strong back threes where we still have that kind of transition here where, where we have these athletes coming into the game that you like put on wing. And then, you know, you get the ball down there and you watch him kick and you're like, oof. It's like, you know, watching you and I play golf. It's like, oh, like, it looks like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> it's terrible. But I, the team that kind of invests the time and, and starts working on like a strong back three, nine, ten, and even even like loose forwards but having the ability to kick, I think that you're going to see like uh, the ability to close out games becoming a lot stronger. And I think as the defense gets a bit more structured. So, you know, if you look at how New England kicks and you look at the way they're kicking a game, so when stuff gets a bit unstructured for them and the defense becomes structured, so what they're trying to do is turn that around and you watch them, they'll put up and up and under yeah. at just as a reset play because, well, I mean, what's the, out, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, so you, you get up there and you put pressure, you turn over possession, but you're in a bad position anyway. You don't have a lot of options on attack. What they're looking for is they're shifting the point of attack. So that up and under creates another unstructured passage of play. Yeah. And that's where you've got guys, you've got these dual tens on there. So then you create a different look on the defense. All of a sudden, rather than going into an organized defense that's pinning you off the sideline, now you're midfield, you've recovered the up and under, the defense is chasing, and you've got two, two pivots attacking you the sideline. Yeah. And what's, what's the instinct? On a kick like that, up and under, yep. yeah, everyone yeah, floods. And you yep. see the space back on the outside. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He no. should coach. <laughs> coach, give him a call. Utah Warriors, give him a call. <laughs> Loves Utah. He's always telling me, he goes, oh, I love Utah. Can't wait to get back to Salt Lake, get up into those mountains. It is pretty, isn't it? This it's guy. fantastic. It you know what I love about Utah? We're going to go off it again, is the mountains are just right there. They're just, you can touch them. I stayed at the University of Utah and like literally left the dorm and ran. No joke. Into the mountains? Ran like straight up until that. It was like rattlesnake signs. I was like, ooh, I'm out. Um, but yeah, gorgeous Utah. But yeah, I, I, I agree. With, and, and funny you mentioned Utah because at the end of that game, still with a chance, yeah. aimlessly just kicked the ball away. It's like, what? what yeah. Like, what? Like, surely, like, after five years, you know, like, that's not how you, you're losing. Yeah. Don't give them the ball. Yeah. Keep the ball. But oh, well. <laughs> Oh, well. Is that it? Now go no, on. one more game. We've yeah, got, we got one more. <laughs> I've just gone off in another world. This is a big one. I can't do shows with people sitting next to me. I'm, like, <laughs> way too distracted. I'm used to falling asleep when Pete's going on, like, he's 101. Do you want to do a 101? Pete usually does one. We've kind of talked kicking. But... Do we talk kicking? What should we one-on-one, how not to get carded? In how league? not to get carded? Well, you and I just did the best thing, <laughs> just to avoid all physical contact, <laughs> you and you can't get a red card. <laughs> Have you ever been red carded? Never red carded. No, I think that would have to involve me being physical. So, I've had, I have one. Yeah, I've one. What yeah. happened? Um, I, can I leave out like specifics? Yeah, just yeah, to, I don't want to, what did you? It's you, incriminating. What did you say to the referee? What did you yell at her? No, <laughs> no. 
No. Uh, playing club rugby when I first got over here and I wasn't exactly eligible because oh, I just yeah. got here and I played under an alias um, and turns out that I got hit late a few times, okay. took exception to it and chased the guy to the next ruck and then just unloaded one. Good wolf. Well, good, right good, in front of the ref. Real, real cheap shot too. Yeah. It, fit, it was a cheap shot for a cheap shot. Like okay. he, he initiated the cheap shotting-ness uh, and I reciprocated with uh, with one. Uh, I gave him a receipt to the, the punishment he inflicted on me. And I forgot my alias. I forgot the name that I was playing under. And he goes, what's your name? He pulled his pad out to write the name and red card. And I'm like, I just totally forgot who I was. And so I just turned around and started walking before he even carded me. And he kept yelling. And then the the manager is like running out trying to whisper the name without getting caught whispering the name. He's like, oh, James Patterson, James, James Patterson. Stopped and turned around and I said, oh, I'm James Patterson. And then he's like, pulls the red card out, go on skis. It was a playoff game, so and we ended up losing. Um, so that was it. And he, how many games did he get banned for? Five, five, five games. Yeah. yeah. Funny <laughs> enough, someone that looked exactly like him was playing week one the next season. Uh, yeah, one red card, one red card. Okay, Seattle, Austin. Sorry, I think no, no, we'll keep going, keep going. No, it's good. Seattle, Austin. Yeah, what is it? A big one for Seattle. Huge, big one for Seattle because after this, they then they get the jackals, so they can get on a bit of a roll before mm-hmm. they play New York. So, Seattle. I mean, this is this is kind of the moment for them. This game. How do you beat? How do you beat Austin? <sighs> how do you beat them? Off-field drama was the only time they've lost games this year is when they had that uncertainty around the club. I think Sam Harris and Mark Gerrard have done a good job of, like, turning that insular and creating almost like an us-versus-the-world mentality, a siege mentality in that team, and they've responded. Um, Do you take out Julian Dominguez? You know, what was the Happy Gilmore? Was it the Volkswagen? Is Is there someone at Red Lobster... In Seattle with a Volkswagen that's friends with Shooter McGavin that can take out Julian Dominguez because that's your only chance this weekend. It's him. It's O'Keefe. You take out him, then you got to look after O'Keefe. Okay. Yeah. Like, how good is he? Heck of a year. He's, yeah, he's had a great year. Yeah. Then you, they're just littered across. You just got to keep the ball out of their hands. And Mac Mason's been out the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's Will McGee. Yeah. He's fine wine. Yeah. He's just been sitting in the. You know, at the country club in Austin, just working on his short game, and all of a sudden, Sam Harris is like, hey, you're still contracted. You need to play. And he's like, okay, he gets out there, and he's just boom, boom. He's at the finish line, Bill, but he's playing good footy. So uh, it's hard to see a path to victory here for Seattle. You know what they do have? They have a, a very big physical pack now with with Landry, Duratalo, Samu Manoa, Ricard Hatting. And who am I forgetting? Nakai Penny. Like, if they can be healthy and have everyone in there, that's where they can win. Just that, if they can keep it tight, really slow the ball down for Austin at the breakdown, and then keep it tight and just bang away and then hit those holes inside and outside 10 with their forwards. When they go a little wide, uh, they, they can sometimes get a little isolated, a little inexperienced. Uh, and, geez, I hope Lepetti's okay too. Took another knock to the head. Stop hurting that kid. He's the damn future of the sport over here. So if you're playing against him, just... White gloves. Don't stop it. You're going to ruin everything. Got money on him being the next, you know, superstar. I think this is a tough one on the road too. I mean, if you said it was in Seattle, the bit of momentum. Saturday night. Saturday yeah, night yeah. in Seattle. Maybe there's just a little bit of that mist in the air, Ooh, just kind of yeah, just to take, you know, take a little bit of the yeah. vinegar out of the attack. See, 
whoa, so just yeah. vibrating off that old Because it does make, it does, I mean, it makes a difference. And for some reason, that field plays narrow up there. Yeah, it does. You. I think it, it is. It, it, it might be narrow. It feels narrow. The crowd's on top of you. So when you take, a, you take it's not like when you go and play, you know, go and play at the Coliseum. It's not actually that wide, but it feels wide mm-hmm. because you're, you know, from a vision perspective and the way you, you utilize space, it feels like you've got acres of it because you're yeah. surrounded. In Seattle, it feels narrow. So teams, when they go up there, even if they are attacking teams, everything just looks a little bit narrower the, how they play yeah. there. Yeah. So That's I, a good point. I think, I, think, I think Austin has too much, but it's not out of reach. So if Seattle just controls possession, control possession and territory against them, Austin are human. They make mistakes, yeah? Yeah. We know that. And they, they actually, they've had a few issues with discipline in games where they've given away successions of penalties. Mm-hmm. And if you can use that to your advantage, take the points when you got them. And I think Seattle, they, I mean, they, this is their, this is their point. If they win yeah. this game, then they knock one of the, the, the tough games off their list. Cause everyone's yeah. going to play Austin. Yeah. So someone's got to beat Austin to go through technically. Yeah. If, if, if all things are equal. So who's your rookie of the year so far? Lepetti? He's been he's been good. He's been good. Who else can touch him? I mean, Fido, but he's not a no, no, no. You got you got to be uh, you got to be like a rookie, rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is your first year of professional rugby. No, you can't. I don't think anyone can touch him. I'm going, I'm going through who was picked in the draft. Naposky looked good at Dallas before he got hurt. Um, haven't seen a much of Emmanuel Albert down in Houston. The little sample size it had has been good. But yeah, Lepetti has because he's he's like he changes the way defenses yeah. defend. He plays so flat and so aggressively at the yeah. line too. Like his ability to be able to run, especially when you see him in the background, when they start getting a few of their big forward runners, like if you see some of or someone make a break, look in the outside of the screen. You've got Lepetti just waiting just to see his shoulder turn and he's just gonna hit a flat ball. He comes in. Yeah. Smart player, isn't he? Yeah. OB, OB did a good job with him at St. Mary's. I mean, obviously super talented, naturally yeah. gifted. He's got a great, you know, team behind him with his family. He's a very grounded kid. We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, like super, just a great human being. But just he sharpens his tools constantly. Yeah. Like he's always getting better and better. This, this sounds really bad, but for his development, I'd love to see him go super rugby. Like even if it's for six months, just to go down there, go to like a really good program in New Zealand and have, hey, we're going to bring you in full time, no promises on super games, but you're going to train with us and just like osmosis, like sucking up all that information, all those little things, and then he comes back. I think that'd be really cool. You know, I think it, I think that goes two ways. We talk about wanting to send players down there, but look at let's look at a few examples of players that are coming here that can go back and make an impact. So you take a player in New Zealand, he's always played like in a super competitive level and he's always kind of been the guy under a guy under a guy. Mm-hmm. And like and so he's in the wider training group and down there lacks the opportunities and lacks the confidence. He comes to he comes plays MLR open, he can like raise his hand. He he has to do a little bit more than his role yeah. in a position. And he kind of builds out that skill set to be able to go back and compete. A bit more confidence, I see. Yeah. Like, a, like a boating walker. Like a walker. Is he young enough to go back? I don't think so. I think he's too old now. Isn't that crazy? Uh, it's a, you look at these kids. They're what, what are they picking them? What's, what's the series you watched on, you know, they're picking guys? Oh, it's um, high school? on the rugby pass. Yeah. yeah, the season. You watch the, the high school yeah. stuff. And I uh, watched one in uh, the last, the, the main ones I've watched have been in Australia. I think Nudgy was one. They did Brisbane Boys College for two years because yeah. they, they lost it and then they won it the year after. 
um, but there's one in New Zealand, and they had the the starting ten. And I'm watching this kid play. I'm like, that kid is like amazing. Like the, the skill set that he has at 17 yeah. was something that I would have seen in uh, a 10 in their mid to late 20s. You know, like 20 years ago. And he's possessing like this, the way he's reading, the way he's talking. You know, I'm like, man, he's like such a mature. And he was the backup. And all of a sudden the, the drama <laughs> builds up. Like their star fly half yeah. is coming back from injury. I'm like, hang on, that's the backup? And then the other guy come in and it's like, wow, unreal. 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 All right, JP, what else? Let's go 101. What do you want? We'll go 101. Let's talk about like the right option, okay, at the wrong time. And I'm going to go, we're going to go and we'll, we, can, we can pull this up after. Ginty can pull it up after. But I want to go back to the try where Huli yeah. crossfield kicks against the runner play yeah. to a winger, in fact, tying a shoelace on the corner <laughs> within, within 10 metres of the goal line. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's completely runs completely against everything you guys are taught as players down there. You've got possession, you're driving down, yep. pivotal moment in the game, yeah. Yep. And all of a sudden, you know, that's the experience and the vision to be able to execute something like that. So we're talking about a situation, rugby one oh one. So, you know, the right play at the wrong time. Mm. Can it work? It did. It did. It? It did. Why doesn't it work more often? Hey, one more inspirational quote for the kids. It's never the wrong time to do the right thing. So, there you go. There you go. Huh? Really. Do you want to, I actually, I know you love my stories. Similar play that we had drawn up where I would take the ball in and fake an injury and I'd be down yeah. and then they came back to me and it didn't work and they smashed me. Just, and then the guy's like, now you can really stay down. And then said to Mother, I won't say it. It's a PG show, so I won't say what. But basically, like faking an injury was yeah. not was not looked kindly upon, and it didn't work. So it was the wrong time to do the wrong thing. thing. So it's the opposite of James's point. Um, We've seen that a couple of times this year. There's been there's been just the dropout changed the way that teams are going to kick down there as well, knowing that the worst case is we get a goal line dropout. I mean, yeah, I think so. But do, I mean, do you, do you take that? Do you, you're you're within ten meters. Yeah, but we've seen through the first five years that the most difficult part of the field to score in for most teams yeah. seems to be that last 10 metres. Yeah. That execution seems to break down, whether it's patience, execution or whatever. Like everything, it seems this MLR's played in between the 22s, it feels like, yeah. most of the time, yeah. um, which makes it exciting and fun to watch. But like as a coach, you know, there's a reason all the coaches are grey after two years yeah. because it's just... It's hard, you know, it tears your heart out watching your team work so hard. It's like Austin last year, Sam Harris had like beautiful black yeah. hair. He looked like a Greek <laughs> god. At the end of the year, he was grey and weathered. It was like Austin would get all the way down there and then just turn it over or lose the ball. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. I think it's just come down to like defense is genuinely getting better in the league. I so agree. Like, so the defense is getting better, and I don't think the attack is increasing at the same level that the defensive caught up. Because if you watch some of the attack and then, so now you see like, this is where the level in class comes in. You've seen Huli do it multiple times in the season, guys like Jason Emery, like in, in these situations during the game, they're thinking when they do these things, these these plays that, are, that might, you know, might be the right play at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about what it does to the defense on the next set. Yeah. So next time they're down there, they're not going to leave, you know, they're going to have a couple guys out on that side. And then what's that do to the defense? It just pulls the defense across and then it gives you two options yeah. to attack. Because if you watch that play, everyone's stacked out to the right, all the forwards are there. And it's just a good heads up one-on-one play on the blind side. 
next time they're down there, that guy's out there, that guy inside, you know, the post is saying, hey, nudge out, nudge out. I need some help. I need yeah. some help here. Yeah. That just widens the defense up. It's funny, it goes almost back to your point on the kicking game is manipulating your your foul. Yeah. Like with a good kicking game can help that pull that winger further and further back, which gets 13 more and more nervous. All of a sudden you fake the kick and play out the back and 13's like, oh my, I've got a decision to make. I know my winger's coming, but he's back yeah. 30 metres. Um, and you, yeah. So there's a kick and it's that being able to play flat and broken play on the line with an inside ball against the rush defence. And Walker's done that beautifully throughout the season. Yeah. It was an awesome, awesome example of that in the weekend. Just off broken play, defence is blitzing in off the outside and he takes a real flat ball to the line and just feeds that inside Ooh. ball to beat that cover defence. Here's a clip. If, if, if Gins can find this one, Nola did it perfectly. Coleman inside yeah. the Feeks on the Feeks. weekend because they had a couple of good runs and then it opened up. Coleman takes the line on hard. And then you got that lazy inside defender yeah. who was just, you know, tired. Couldn't get there one more time. Feeks off the wing, boom, inside. Pull it up, Ginty. Let's see it. And Nola needs some love anyway. I feel like they're getting the short end of the stick here on this show um, just because they stink. Just kidding, Nola. <laughs> Although in the summer, it does smell pretty bad down on <laughs> Bourbon Street. So that's that's fair call from me there. All right, buddy. Anything else? Wrap it up? Put it in the old vice grip. There you go. Oh, he's still got it. He's still got it, James Patterson. For Pato, for the Panther, for Ryan Ginty. We miss you, Aaron Castro. We miss you, Pete Steinberg. Uh, This has been the MLR Kickoff, and we'll catch you next time.